College football is back in the biggest, most epic kickoff weekend ever. Top-ranked teams and top-tier matchups. We have as good an opening week slate of games than I can ever remember. Number 20 USC takes on the top-ranked defending champion Crimson Tide. Number 10 Notre Dame faces Texas. And number 11 Ole Miss battles the fourth-ranked Seminoles. The road to the college football playoff starts. Labor Day weekend on ABC, ESPN, and streaming live on the ESPN app. And watch ESPN. Hey there, Holden Catch fans. Welcome back to the Holden Catch Fire After Buzz After Show. We're here bringing down Season 3, Episode 3's Flipping the Switch. Stay tuned to your ham radios. We'll be with you in a second. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. There it is. There it is again. I feel like you would have been great in some sort of 80s new wave band with your jean jacket today. I don't know. Thank you. I, I try to lend to the 80s feel whenever I do the show. And mm. I, 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 wanted, I had the big hair. I have the jean jacket. I'm trying to make you, you guys feel at home. You are succeeding. My name is Isaac Johnson. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Johnson or Instagram at Isaac Johnson. See my photos. I'm joined once again by Amber Blaster. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. You guys can tweet at me um, during the show or afterwards I'm at Amber Blaster. Yeah, let's jump right on. I'm so sad when that music ends. I'm like, is it over already? I feel like I just wanted to play underneath this for the entire episode. Let's I see love it. I can make that happen. <laughs> um, how'd you feel about this episode, flipping the switch? I really, uh, I just asked you a question. I'm going to let you talk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're in season three now. Season three. Episode three. Yeah. Flipping the switch. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, flipping the switch means flipping the switch on, right? Because mm-hmm. we're in startup land. I think it's Could the be. beginning of something. I don't feel like it's an ending. No. So I was trying I to figure out the not. title of that before. Like we what sort it. of like subtext it could mean by flipping yeah. the switch flipping the switch on in Joe's heart somewhere, perhaps. Um, Ooh, I don't think Joe nice. has a heart, but <laughs> I think he does. We'll we'll get into it. Um <laughs> I I really like the episode. Um we'll get into it later, but I loved seeing Cameron and Joe back on screen there. That was wonderful. Always love the will they won't they of Cameron. Yeah, will they won't they. It's lovely. Um just the whole thing. It was really, really fun episode. Um so let's get into it. Uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty much um, in episode three, we're in startup life, right? So we, we see mm-hmm. them throughout the episode, you know, even at Mutiny, they're they're arguing and they're, they're kind of not getting along, but things mm-hmm. are happening for things them. Things are happening, yes. You know, uh, Donna and uh, Cameron are about to acquire their first company with um, this, this new um, character, Diane Gold. Who mm. terrifies me and excites me at the same time? She's very exciting. Every, yeah. Every time she comes on screen, I'm like, Yeah. Oh gosh, we're gonna mess up. Like she just makes me feel like I'm never good enough. Like when I see her <laughs> yeah. character. I think that's her goal. I'm not. I'm not quite certain. I think that's her goal. Um. So, so Gordon with this radio, this is like the saddest thing to me. Um. Him with his ham radio in his closet by himself. So we open up with Gordon in the closet uh, with his ham radio. Um. And. My, my first thought was, what's up with the radio? <laughs> and, you know, you feel like it's going to be an ongoing theme throughout the episode, but I feel like it just kind of fizzled out. Like, I feel like we never got an, an answer. Like, what was the... Ra- what do you think the radio was there for? Well, I mean, he just looks... I mean, he's frustrated with his role in the company. He's frustrated with not having enough input, I think. Um, but also, he's just, you know, he's lonely. It just seems. It seems like he doesn't really have anybody. He's, he's completely changed their whole lives, moving out to California putting all his money into the company, fixing the mainframe, all of these things, but then he's still kind of lonely. He's also still dealing with this, you know, brain stuff, and I don't know, it was just such a, like, I mean, one, I thought Scoot McNary 
was really great in this episode, but I just thought that, man, he's just so lonely in his closet, and he was supposed to have his radio in another room, except for Cameron's in that room. It was just such a like sad thing. He's like obviously searching for something. I think we know what that something is. That's a really good point, though. When you said that he's his radio room or his man cave is actually where where Cameron's, yeah. you know, occupying the space. Yeah. Um, and so it's just maybe it's just another metaphor for her taking over his role, you know, in the yeah. company, in his wife's business life, in her Quite daily possible, life, yeah. and now in their home. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, it was interesting to see that, but I, I, my other thought when I saw it was, of course he has a transistor radio. <laughs> like he's like such, he's so specifically the kind of nerd who like yeah. would build a treehouse and then like have totally. a ham radio and like be up all night. And I love that they sh- actually show the passage of time where the daughter comes in and is like, uh, "Are you gonna put me to bed?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, and then he's explaining to her like, "What does CQ mean?" And he explains that whole thing to her. It's like Gordon. that was cute. It was cute, but also, like, she doesn't care, Gordon. She just wants Daddy to put her to bed. She doesn't care, but it's also nice that he does try to explain things to his daughter. That's true. Um, and at the same time, she's just kind of like... Yeah, I just thought it was, like, way overhead. But she's it, like, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, Daddy's in the closet again, playing with the thing, trying to find someone. But that was really cute. That's his that. thing, though. He's trying to find someone. Yeah. Um, he's probably trying to find Joe. Trying to find his way. Yeah. Um, so, Gordon and Donna... Um, what is this show without drama between the two of them? Nothing. They, Absolutely nothing. Yeah, there is I, no show. I mean, well, the show is incredible, but yeah. I, I think the two characters that you just can never take your eyes off of mm-hmm. are Cameron and Joe. They're. You mean Donna and Joe? Um, Donna and Gordon. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean. Oh, those two. I, I mean Cameron and Joe. Okay. But I, I love, I love Donna and Gordon. But mm-hmm. I, it took me a, at least a full, the full first season to warm up to Donna and Joe. Or Donna and Gordon. Okay. The the husband wife couple. Yes. It, mm-hmm. it it took me a long time to warm up them because I was just like, oh, you know, they're followers, you know, they're beta personalities. They're just and then I would see them kind of come into their own. And something that I actually wrote down um, for this episode for Donna specifically is mm-hmm. I and, and I'm not sure um, if you if you guys are listening at home, please tweet me if I'm wrong. But is this the first time that we see Donna literally wear the pants? In the episode, oh. I don't think I've ever seen her out of a skirt. Uh, I feel like she's worn pants before. I'm not quite certain. I mean, she. If seemed... so, th- then they've waited purposely for this episode for her to be wearing a, the pants to work, right? Because we open in season three, she's in a skirt suit, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Cameron's like failing to dress up. She's like trying, yeah, yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a good question. Has she? Ever, I mean, clearly she generally wears the pants in their relationship. Uh, more seemed, and more, though. But you yeah, have to remember in season one, she was nothing like that. Um, She'd given up her entire true. life to support Yeah, that's Gordon. true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, totally forgot about that. Yeah, she's come a long way. Two years ago. Who can remember back that far? <laughs> I barely remember two days ago. <laughs> Um, I like that she asks him to come into this meeting. We feel like you're really valuable here. And then, of course, Gordon's like, do you want me there? Or you just want me there because I need something to do, which was like a nice little audience question there. Um, but do you think that she, I mean, she says that she does want him there in the meeting. But then when he gets into the meeting, all he generally does, does is disrupt the meeting with his feelings because no one's listening to him. I, I, I don't have a lot of patience for Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not my favorite character. However, I think that Scoot uh, plays him mm-hmm. wonderfully because that yep. character could be the whiniest Ross of the show, yeah, if, he, and, if you would. If and he could be him. completely boring, but I don't think that he is because of the layers that Scoot adds there. Uh, really good. And um, and I, I was kind of like, ah, Gordon, you know, 
dang it, you know, your your wife is trying to give you an olive branch here, and you're like, but do mm -hmm. you really want me? But that's what happens, right? When you're in a relationship with right. someone, you try to work with them, you can get petty with them and vent on them when when you're in a professional setting or when you're talking about professional things, those things are mm -hmm. gonna mix and bleed. And I'm like, see, this is why it's not a good idea. This is yeah. why they shouldn't be working together. Well, yeah, clearly they should not be working together, but he's, I think he, you know, he asked that question and he's insecure about that, obviously because of the affair that he had. Yeah. I mean, granted, he Which does, comes out later, Yeah, right? which does come out in the meeting, which I'm sure they were all waiting for that. But like, he does say, well, it was only the one time or something like that, which I'm like, it's still cheating, Gordon. It feels like, um, in this episode specifically, you know, we, we did talk about last um, our last show that Gordon mm. is consistently trying to redeem himself. Yeah. It, it feels like in this episode, Gordon's getting a little fed up. Yeah. And that he's been like, you know, just he's he's now justifying with anger. Mm -hmm. um, do you really want me there? I only slept with her once. You know, statements like that are defensive. And he's pretty much done. Yeah. Appeasing he does. Donna. He What does he say? There's some at some point where he's like, it's, I see it on your face all the time. I'm tired of like, I've done this. I, like, I rebuilt the mainframe. We moved out here. I put my money into the company. No one wants to listen to my opinions, which I was a little fed up with him there because I was like, well, look, they are listening to your opinions, but they're also giving you feedback. Gordon, this is how it works in a meeting. That's how it works. But um, I do think that being said, we see it towards the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. We see them arguing, right, in the yeah. meeting. But um, but the communication's getting slightly better, and I believe that Gordon is actually needed. Oh yeah. Even even if he all he does is really do is play the devil's advocate and sure. the tech guy, that that voice is still needed in that. Group. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can't forget that he is a very brilliant coder. I mean, Joe sought him out mm -hmm. in season one, so he does have a lot to contribute. Um, I think also what was really good is that he seems to see Cameron with a more critical eye than Donna does. Because Donna was like, yeah, she can do this thing and she can, you know, whatever. And then, uh, sorry, I'm not even using real words here, but like, you know, like Cameron's like, oh, okay, I'll code it since they can't find Tom, which mm. by the way, Tom gets mentioned in the episode. We haven't forgotten about him. He still exists somewhere in our universe. Oh, but, we haven't forgotten about Tom. Uh, yeah. Which I was like, I'd kind of like to see that actor back. I thought yeah. he was great. Um, He's great. But as Gordon's like, well, she never delegates and she always puts too much on her plate or you know, everything's foundational to you. You're not actually going to get this done. We're always waiting around on her. And Boz kind of like goes, yeah, you know, she she could probably use some help. Maybe we could get one of those other guys on it. And I thought like, well, that's that's a good thing for Gordon. He's actually being useful here. But I, I was wondering like, does, I mean, Donna sees this, but she's what, afraid to upset Cameron or something? I think that Donna, um, I think that what we've seen with Donna is Donna doesn't see the danger first. Mm-hmm. I mean, over and over again with, sure. from that, that fateful meeting. Um, they go back to the same fancy restaurant where they've been harassed for the opening of the season, mm -hmm. right? She didn't see that coming. She doesn't see a lot of bad in people, and mm -hmm. she doesn't see a lot of problems. She's a, she's a wonderful um, nurturer and like, oh, yeah. gatherer in mm -hmm. that way. But in terms of... I want to... Oh, what's the word for it? I want to say almost being um, distrustful. Or distrustful. But she doesn't have that... But what about this that Gordon does? Sure, yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. And that's what makes them a great team. Yeah, I think it does. It just, I was glad to see Gordon point that out. Yeah. And Donna's like, well, okay. Yeah. You know, but uh, like you mentioned, they, they end the episode with like that big old argument. Because at that point, that was the part that felt like the most like, this is like a family. I don't know if it 
made me think of like some sort of Thanksgiving dinner or something like that, where oh, it's yeah. like everybody's together and they're arguing, but that's the way it's supposed to be or something like that's that. That's true, right? They're truly collaborating in that in that sense of a yeah. startup. Um, and at least that argument didn't, well, one didn't end with Gordon running out telling everybody's business, which I, I guess not everyone necessarily knew. Maybe they, they sure didn't, based off of Cameron's face. Yeah. Well, Cameron's face said, I did not know that and yeah. I did not need to know that. Gordon, and what are you doing? And, and I was like, how, how did Cameron not know? But Donna had just simply never confided in her. So she had just let Cameron pick up what she picks up. Right? Sure. She had never said it. Totally. It was like, speaking of their her face, her and Bosworth, like, where faces were pressed against the glass right at the end as they're having, like, oh, man, look at him go out there. And then him spilling all their information out. So at least this final argument was more like a sort of like a bickery, we love each other kind of fight. Less like... Talking about the affairs in public. When he's when he mentioned the affair in front of the meeting, I was just like, "Oh crap!" And the like, way he I did just, it, I yeah. was just, what did he say? He said like, "Oh, I only slept with her." I don't think he said slept with her. Um, it was like some other. Oh, I'm not gonna remember, but it was. It, he, he, it felt kind of vulgar the way he said it, which I thought like, "Geez, if you did it." I think he. I think he essentially said, "Jesus, I only slept with her once, or something like that." But it was. It was harsher. Yeah, I feel like he didn't say slept with her. Anyway, it was like yeah. it was vulgar, and I just thought, like, okay, well, which is also not appropriate for a meeting, right? Like, it was all out of anger. Highly inappropriate. At least yeah. the two of them said, "Okay, we're going to address it." I mean, we can't ignore it. I mean, we could ignore it, but we shouldn't in the interest of us uh, working together. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that she brought him on in such a key role. Yeah. Back like that, because to yeah. me, he's still on probation with Donna. Yeah, well, and that's, I mean, part of his frustration trying to find somebody, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's... Somebody to listen to him? Yeah, but it's justified, Gordon. You didn't sleep with somebody else. Yeah. Wait till you find out Donna's secret, though. That would be a little less... Yeah. Inter- a little more interesting. We'll see if... Oh, he's going to throw that in her face so hard. He's still, he, when's he going to find out, though? Oh, it'll come out. I think it has to come out, but I'm like, wait... <laughs> Three episodes in, and that the happened. Miscarriage. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I feel like he has to find out, and I'm dying to find that out because like Donna has in you know has this over his head, mm, um, which point. she throws it at him in the meeting. You were off doing other things. That's you know, what he said. He said I only did it with her once, or I only did her yeah. once, or something like that. I yeah. Like, oh, I kind of like that line. He um he did he did get triggered by that line, but like. Mm-hmm. I couldn't blame her for You're saying that. You know, my my, yeah. my thought was exactly with her was like, well, guess where you were when important decisions were being made? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that was mean. But, like, she's allowed to have that thought. Absolutely. She feels betrayed. And, like, she just. She was betrayed. She tried to, like, make it nice. But it's still, it's still stung. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I thought her delivery was great. Yeah. We were off doing other things. I'm like, wow, that's how you see a thought behind that line. Yep. Um, let's talk about Donna and Diane. Um, yes. Love what you said, just love Diane. Uh, I wish I'd Diane her. Gold. Yes. She's, um, I, yeah. I was telling um, Isaac before we started the show that Diane. I'm Isaac. Oh, well, I was telling, yeah, the, our, yeah, our viewers and listeners um, that we were speaking briefly before the show that I, I just am so terrified of Diane Gold's yeah. character in the most respectful way. Like, yeah. I just feel like nothing anyone does is good enough for her. She is sharp, man. And when, like, she went to dinner or, yeah, dinner? Lunch? It was lunch. lunch. Yeah. Lunch with mm-hmm. um, Donna and Donna drank a little too much and was like, oh, we're sending Boz to do it. And she was kind of like, Mer? You yeah. know, like her, her attention perked up and I was like, oh man, what is she going to do? Is she going to go and ruin the meeting? Is she going to like not do business with them because she doesn't view Donna sure. as being uh, responsible? Yeah. 
what? And then, like, I come to find out, I guess she just, I don't know why she went. Why do you think she went? You think she went to babysit? To the meeting with Boz? Yeah. Um, with Swap Meet. At Swap Meet, yeah. I, I don't know. It was really interesting. I mean, I think that she's seems to always be sizing Donna up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even when she gets to the meeting, even the way that she orders her meal, oh, mm-hmm. I'll have the usual. Donna doesn't say risotto, right, which is rice, but but not rice. It's apparently. adorable. But that was really funny. But, like, also lets Donna order the drink first, and then she's like, yeah, I'm already drinking, by the way. Um, why do you need to drink at lunch? Or why why are you drinking? Like, because I just like to drink at lunch. Mm-hmm. I don't know, she's just like a really straightforward person. She's a really powerful character. Very powerful. And it almost seemed like when she said, oh, you guys you guys are going to go to the meeting with Boz? Oh, no, he's our advanced man. And it's almost like the word man offended her or something like that. Yeah, I tried to sort that out, right? Yeah. Like, I, I at, at first I was kind of like, is this a feminist statement that she's making? Because mm-hmm. um, she did mention what I, I did appreciate during the lunch that she was like, oh, Donna was like, oh, you know, you still wear your wedding ring. Mm-hmm. And Diane was like, yeah, unfortunately, in the work pay- in the workplace of tech, which is now... Um, in 1986, let alone know, the world of tech, yeah. Apparently, um, people cannot handle me being... Um, what is the word term she used? Um, sexually, um, sexually available. And also having thoughts in my head at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so true. Like, how many women can relate to that? But, you know, it was so interesting to see that what a powerful choice that she made to be like, well, then, nope, we're just going to put a button on it and I'm not going to let men in. Like, right. There's such a, everything she does is very powerful. Yes. Um, but I thought it was a really good little insight to her character. Yeah, it was great. And I, it's it's almost like she's just, you know, like, I've had to work so hard to get here, Donna, and you're going to let that man go to the meeting for you instead of you going. Granted, it was supposed to be just dropping off a letter, which John Bosworth had no intention of doing, but it was just... You know, I got the feeling that she sort of sizes her up. Where does it well, order I think, a meal? I think Boz would have uh, dropped off the letter for her if that's what she had needed. Sure. But it turns out she yeah. needed more, and I think that he sure. was happy to jump to an opportunity to be needed more. Yeah, absolutely. I don't but, think that he would have purposely would have been like, well, I'm going to take a meeting and sabotage this oh, letter yeah, yeah. Well, not, I don't do think sabotage would just be it, but I feel like he's always like, well, let me look out for these ladies. Mm-hmm. If I can, I, love him. Um, I do love him. He's really great. Tobias, really killing it again this season. Um, but like, she sizes her up ordering the meal. She sort of sizes her up on her like meal option, mm. the mm-hmm. drink. When are you gonna drink? And what do you, like? What exactly do you mean? He's your advance man. In in also just being, I guess, efficient with the wedding ring. It's like, look, it just puts this thing to bed. But I think that she wants Donna to be the kind of woman that she is. So that's why she's kind of like... Well, she's never seen it before, right? So she's sizing her up. She's saying, what is happening here? Are you weak? Are you like me? No, you're neither. You're in between. Exactly. When She probably was excited that two women run this company. Okay, this is really interesting. And now they've shown them some moxie and they're going to buy out their competitor. Yeah. I like these guys. And wait, what do you mean you're sending a man to this, this meeting? I don't know. But I think that Donna did it because she thought, well... We need to keep up appearances. Like we, as the sure. owners, can't go. And then, mm. she, and then, I, I kind of wanted to see what Diane would say about that because Donna mentioned that to Boz, but never. I don't think she ever articulated her fears of two owners of the company showing up for the first um, offer to mm. Diana. Because I would have been interested to hear what Diane would have said about that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But she didn't. She just said, "We're not going to." She didn't ask. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. 
Um, so since we're talking about Boz and Diane, um, they meet. That was uh, well, that was the first time they met, right? They met before. It was, and it's exciting for me because I thought that Diane was just going to be a guest star, but obviously mm. she's going to be have a much bigger character mm. arc because now she's meeting people like um, John Bosworth, mm-hmm. and so um, I love them together. Yeah, I thought they were great. I thought they were generally like step in step when they got into the place. Boz has already been there; he's sitting there. Oh, parking lot's kind of empty. Not a lot of people around here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. She's like, I noticed this. He's like, yep, I got that. I noticed this. Also, I got mm. that. So sexy. I loved yeah. it. They were just like, the phone's ringing. And then he's like, did you want to answer that? And mm-hmm. I was like, yes, they know something's wrong. But like, is their brain going to work out fast enough to do something about it? I don't know. Like, Yeah. Well, and she lets him take the lead with ripping up the, the check mm-hmm. there, which was, you know, he kind of looked at her first, like, I'm going to do this thing. And she just kind of, okay. Yeah. Do your thing. Um, even when they when they meet those two guys, like we'd like a tour of the facility, and like yeah, it seems like a big place. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, we can do that. Was mm-hmm. is there something else going on with those guys, or are they just generally like they have some cool intellectual property? But why wasn't there a secretary there? It seemed like they were lying about that. Yeah. So I guess what I was trying to figure out in the episode was, um, it's a ghost town there yeah. right at swap meet i almost thought they were so, like fake or like why? they paid a bunch of people to sit around or something in my mind i believe that swap meet has a fantastic idea and is being executed so poorly that they're running themselves into the ground and they have to sell otherwise they're going to go bankrupt okay like and that. so they've cut employees mm-hmm. like crazy so much so that they're like oh we got one offer we'll take it fire yeah. everyone because that's kind of what i gathered sure. Yeah, no, that that makes plenty of sense. But it still was a little weird that no one was answering the phone. Like, you couldn't keep one secretary. It was kind of strange. There was, like, at least five people sitting out there. None of yeah. them could answer the phone. Like, hey, get, could someone get that? You know, nothing. Which, to me, says, even on top of them being poor or losing business, mm-hmm. that their leadership is extremely disorganized. Uh, yeah, easily. So maybe, maybe that's... It, it's, it's all the wrong things happening at Swap Meet. So they're yeah. buying a problem child, and that's why Diane even undercutted boss and was like i'd say you know north of 350 and then he was like you know what and they're like you can't do that and it was like oop the negotiation just turned south oh loved seeing them work together i think and also to john bosworth's credit as a character i mean yeah he's not a coder he doesn't understand any of that they can make all the star wars jokes they want with them he won't even understand those even though the movies have been out for like ever at that point but um he smells blood in the water the moment he's at that meeting. And as in an older businessman... He is a businessman. He knows how to cut a deal. And yes. the moment he's there, I think he's already planning on doing that. And then them together in the meeting there just seemed to like corner the both of them. It was masterful. It was it was wonderful. And I think that leads... Like what you're saying about them not really having a lot of money. He saw that you guys aren't actually going to get another offer. They're not going to get anything. Yeah, they're not going to get another Especially offer. Especially behaving the way they are now, right? Yeah. Well, and the, the look on, um, I, I forgot the guy's names already, but like the look on their faces when John says 325 is almost like they got like, like their mom walked in on them in the bathroom doing mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean? Like, like they're just like so ashamed, like. Yeah, I guess we're going to take that money because we really, we really know they have us over a barrel here. Yeah. As soon as they said, like, oh, three, uh, 350 is a good, st- or 400 is a good starting point. Oh, no. As soon as, the did, yeah. as soon as they did kind of this, I was like, oh, they have nothing. Yeah. What, what they bargain? They have nothing. Yeah. They're like, well, that's a good place to start from. Like, it was already at, like, what, 600,000 or something like that? I'm actually, su- at first I was surprised I didn't go lower, but then I thought, you know what, would be the worst is if 
they were like they were offended, right? Their egos were offended. Right. These boys' egos were offended if they if they said, "Well, we'll give you a hundred grand for it." They'd be like, "Screw you guys!" And they'd still have the intellectual property, and then it sure. would kind of be in trouble. So yeah, they they skirted that line beautifully. Yeah, well, and, and Diane addresses that with Bosworth. She's like, "Well, I could have gone south." She's she's so yeah. sharp. She's always concerned. Like even like when somebody does something good, she's like, "But." Don't celebrate yet. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's, a, it's a dangerous game you played there. Yeah. Could have could not worked out. And he's like, yeah, but it did. She feels like the antithesis to me of Cameron. Oh, yeah. Cameron is sort of this brilliant, brash uh, rebel. Mm-hmm. Diane is like, everyone wait. I don't think that's a good idea. Right. And here's 18 reasons why. Yeah. And she's right. Whereas Cameron's sort of this like artsy genius that is just like, oh, yeah. just runs into things and makes things happen. They're just so opposite. I just yeah. I hope they get to work more together. I mean Cameron, like in this episode, she's like, I'll take everything and Diane's like, let's measure these things out. Mm-hmm. Um, love, love that insight. They look good. Yeah. Um okay. So Ryan now working for Joe. Um, was that a Halloween party, by the way, that he showed up that at? That was a Halloween party. Like, is, it, is it just the 80s or is that a Halloween party? I couldn't tell. <laughs> it's a Halloween party. Yeah. There, were, there was um, there was some lady, some extra that was laying on the couch that had like Elvira makeup on it with like a okay. Beetlejuice wig or something. I mean, it, I think it was... they took an extra point to show that, to show that it was like a dress up. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, I could, I'm like, well, I've been to a couple parties like out in LA like that where it's like dressed like the 80s. I'm like, well, like. Could have just been. Could have just party, been that. Could have just been a party, I guess. But then, then there was the lady with serving the things, and like I guess she was like, like in a leotard or yeah. something. Yeah. So I thought, like, maybe it's a Halloween party. I don't know. It's yeah, kind of hard I think it's a Halloween party. I I also didn't realize that it, it's kind of weird because for me, nothing else in the episode said fall, mm. <laughs> so nothing else really had me grounded in the time of the year. But right, they they did that. Okay, great. So I was like, are we in the office? But we're actually in Joe's Skyrise apartment. Yeah, that is still. I guess apparently Ryan says it looks very Asian, which I think he meant like there's like really not much here, so I don't know what to call it. I'm just I think that's what it, he meant as well. Yeah, I'm just going to call it something that I guess I'm assuming is minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan's completely out of his own universe. I mean, clearly he's in kind of Joe's, at least Joe's pretend universe, because that's not where that's not who Joe is. He just I think he has that place. Like in his first season, he had a big fancy place, but like he doesn't know what he wants in there. He'd be fine with like one room, I'm sure. He strikes me as somebody who doesn't need fancy things. Like he doesn't he doesn't need comforts. In fact, he he thrives when he's uncomfortable. Yeah, I think so. Um, so it's interesting to see him when he does have money because it's so arbitrary to him. Yeah, and he's he's just like, oh sure, yeah, I know about art and design. Don't care. Yeah, exactly. It's not that he's ignorant of it. He knows about it. Yeah, when he's like, oh, so he's like Diane kind of measures everyone out. He's continually measuring Ryan out here. To see him in his element, you know, like even when they're talking at the party, he's like, "Oh, I can't wait to see what you have for me." He's like, "You came to me. Yeah, I want to see what you're bringing to the table." Yep, I I love that we get to see Ryan um, working at McMillan. Is that right, McMillan? Yeah, I mean that's his name. I believe yeah. it's the name mm-hmm. of the company is McMillan mm-hmm. now, McMillan Institute, McMillan something. Um, cubicles. Oh, <laughs> we have cubicles, right? Like it, yeah. it, it. it took me a minute and then i was like whoa there's a lot of cubicles because now you know in 2016 the way to be a cool startup is like oh, yeah, Google yeah, to yeah. have this sort of like farm to table open you know source yeah. like these you know and foosball tables and like what mutiny is now is what like oh yeah all these fancy um 
companies now, like, mm-hmm. you know, Snapchat was like a house on the beach. And right. like, it's so weird to see like a tech company be like cubicles. Yeah, I totally didn't <laughs> think about that. But yeah, it's usually like some sort of like shared workspace yeah. and there's like Star Wars crap on the wall or something like that. Yeah, it was nothing like that. Oh, yeah. And it was totally just like a very business type of place. I mean, even that meeting was like a, a board meeting. I mean, I, I imagine, you know, Google has board meetings, but maybe not like that. Yeah. Um, not without like hot dog the and very, a stick on there or yeah. something, you know. It was the very classic sense of like a work cubicle and, and yeah. all that. And they had a beautiful view of uh, San Francisco Bay, which was really cool. I wonder if they filmed that in San Francisco. Um, I imagine they got to, they, or they have to, because um, episode two, when he tracks down Joe with the, the Golden Gate Bridge You're there right. in the background. So maybe they do a few things on location. Yeah, at yeah. least, at the very least. I know the majority of the show is filmed in Atlanta, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So they did a great job on this particular episode. I was like, wow, it's so pretty. And I was like, I'm probably looking at a picture or a painting. It could be. I mean, I guess that bridge could have been like CGI or something. But yeah. it seems like that's a lot of money to spend while you can just go there for the day and yeah. shoot that scene. Why not, right? Yeah. Um, um, oh, my goodness. When Joe is looking at Ryan during the meeting oh, about um, the, the 1495, you know, charging their users, he promised that they would always be free. Mm-hmm. I love watching Joe all the time. But watching Joe watch Ryan... It's like, it kind of reminded me of, like, Scar from The Lion King. Looking, <laughs> yeah. Like, look, gazing at Simba. Totally, yeah. Like, right? And he's like, fresh meat. Mm, yeah, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, child? Like, yeah. come closer. And Ryan's just like, uh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, so, I mean, in a larger picture, I think he's looking for, like, another version of Gordon or something like that. Because Gordon really inspired him. They did great things together. Um, and they challenged each other. And Ryan's a guy who just sits there in the meeting and kind of says what he thinks he's supposed to say. Well, but Ryan had a good point, right? He's like, he got hired three weeks ago. He's like, what do you want me to do? This is the, you, you just told me to come into a senior board meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, all I did was agree with everything. And I, I agree with him. Like, it, it, if you're new at a place, mm-hmm. you kind of I, mean, I think it's only been a week permission. at this point, yeah. It is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's still very fresh. And, um, and he defends himself. And he's like, hey, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. And just the expression on Joe's face is like, yeah, he's so disappointed. He's just so like, yeah. I thought you were a lion, man. Like, yeah, you know, he's like, he's like looking for one of those warriors exactly. like him. And, yeah. and Ryan's not that person. No, well, and I mean, like, so Gordon, At least not yet. Yeah, not yet. But you know, like Gordon's looking for someone, anyone, and Joe's here looking for. It seems like another version of Gordon. And I think he's like, you or know, he Cameron. sees like the writing on the wall or Cameron. Um, that this guy isn't any of those guys. He won't even speak his mind in the meeting. I inspired him, and now he's just sitting here taking lumps. You know, the way that he was looking at him was like, I thought you were going to be cool, man. You're mm-hmm. just sitting here, really? I what do you think? He was so he's so fiery when he's alone with mm-hmm. Joe, right? And when oh, yeah. he's around other people, he he can't he can't hang yet. But Joe needs to. Be, I mean, it's the same problem at every every job ever, right? If you don't train your employees, mm-hmm. they probably are not going to do well with the one exception of joe who like requires no training he's just like a beast yeah but he's also older than ryan oh yeah and more socially like adept than ryan by like a lot i remember when we saw ryan at the halloween party yeah and he's like okay gotta take this gotta go and we just it's just like yeah. um it's just like on silicon valley right when you see mm. all, all these really brilliant geniuses who can't they're, they can't like, interact socially yeah like i can't well. talk to a girl or anything like, yeah yeah what is that? I mean, it's just, I guess, I guess that's just who Ryan really is. Um, you so you mentioned, um, shoot, there's something really brilliant you mentioned. 
just about him. Gosh, him and Ryan. Uh, I don't remember. Um, man, I hate when that happens. Um, there was something that did a. Uh, Joe said at the board meeting when, you know, they're, you know, people are going to hate you when they find out you're really charging for this. It's like, oh, so I stopped caring what people think a long time ago. And I don't think that's actually true. I, I don't he, think that's true for a second. Yeah, I think he does care what people I think. I think he was sacrificing this product or that meeting so that Ryan could stand up and Ryan failed the test. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very clear when they, when he said 1495, that that was the moment when Ryan failed yeah. to speak up. I think that was like the last, like, are you going to say anything? Mm-hmm. Are you going to do anything? You're, okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody agrees here. I guess that's it. Um, Joe likes to let people fall on their face themselves. Like, yeah. he likes to teach people by being like, okay, you want to do it without me? Great. Yeah. Do it without me. And then he, like, he's very spiteful in that way. And he loves to show people, like, you were wrong. Let yeah. me show you all the 14 different ways that you were wrong. Yeah, totally. You know. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say about Ryan. It's just that, I, I mean, I think Joe thought he was going to possibly find some sort of equal or somebody to, like, you know, bounce ideas off of or something mm-hmm. like that, kind of like he did with Gordon. Um, but I, Ryan is really just, Ryan looks up to him. So Ryan's looking for guidance from him, and Joe was disappointed that that's the case. Uh, until they get to the point where Ryan does come and speak his mind to him in, in private again, and you know, he's like, well, look, we can't charge for the the uh, 2.0 thing. Um, we have to find some other revenue stream. And then I think Joe's like, okay, I think we can play. But that's only after that Cameron tells him how brilliant he is, because I think he'd already written him off by that point. Mm-hmm. I think of um, Ryan and Joe in terms of, like, you know, if, if they were chess pieces, Joe would be the king, right? Oh, yeah, and he's easily. looking for his queen, mm-hmm. someone who can move any which way diagonally forward right. backwards. Totally. Ryan's not a queen. Ryan is maybe um, maybe a rook. Sure. Someone who can go one way very well and do that better than anyone else. Or a bishop, go this way. Yeah. He can't do any which way. Or maybe I'm going to agree with you on all these things. I don't know anything about chess. Oh, you don't know like... anything about chess? Okay, maybe that's a bad metaphor. Um, but... I mean, I know chess is like a very complicated game with a lot of strategy. So, yeah, all the, di- all the different pieces have different functions, mm-hmm. and the queen is the only one who can do all of them. Cool. What can the king do? Nothing. He's to be protected. He's to be protected. Yeah, so the... the... That, then that's the best analogy you could have used. Okay. Right. Wish I'd been on board with that from okay, the great. beginning. <laughs> we'll pretend. Yeah. Um, is there anything like checkers? There's a board, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's really great. Um, what was there something else about Joe and Ryan? Uh, Any other thoughts about Joe and Ryan? <sighs> I thought I had one more, but maybe I didn't write it down. Who knows? I'm excited to see where they're going to go. Uh, totally excited. I think that that's, um, you know, them sort of working together. Oh, he says, you know, we might fail. Which I think is, like you said, is exciting to Joe. Oh, yeah. So at the end, he does. He says, pack up your things. Yeah. And you see Ryan just hold his breath like, oh just i'm getting fired You're right and i was like no joe's gonna mess with them a little mm-hmm. bit longer he's gonna dangle something in front of ryan's face totally. a little bit longer because he likes to toy with people he likes to keep people in his pocket yeah. so um he goes pack up we're gonna work out of my home from now on we need to find another source of revenue he's like i'm gonna use right. that brilliant brain of yours if i have to kill you to get it yeah exactly you know? and who tells him about the brilliant brain is cameron yep so good see them back together oh. um joe, maybe cameron shouldn't have said that yeah probably not i mean yeah, she I tried to go get get him back and she's like well he's not coming back yeah. it's like no he's he's actually a really smart guy he's like maybe one of the smartest guys out here yeah uh, i was just like oh well, maybe i should keep him around maybe I, did he already know that though i mean i think he had the idea that he was but clearly he's like 
so smart he can't actually function yeah. or form his own independent thoughts. He just wants to code because he even asked asked him what he liked to do. And he's like, well, really just coding. Yeah, he's like, movies, video games, but really what I like to do is code. Yeah, and he's like, cool, that's like the most boring <laughs> okay, answer you could give me. Thank great. you. I've made a mistake. You're going to make a lot of money one day doing work. And yeah. just work. Exactly. So Cameron and Joe finally back together again on screen. Lovely to see. They did not kiss this time. Um, I I loved seeing her just stare at him and then walk away. Because how many times has she not walked away the moment she's seen him? Yeah. Um, which, by the way, so he's wearing like a hat and he's got the beard. But he's on like the cover of Forbes. No one else recognizes this guy walking mm, around. Good point. School. Um so we do see him at uh, the San Francisco City College. Yeah, well, he's going. I think he's actually a student there. I was like, what is he doing there? He, he looked really at home is he while he was on the computer there. Is he searching things? Is he actually taking classes? I is he, he bettering himself so that he, the coders don't one-up him again? What is he doing? Um, I mean, he says something about, like, you know, I've been tired of being toted as, like, a salesman who doesn't understand this or doesn't know how to code mm-hmm. or something like that. So I think... He really does want to understand it and really actually uh, make something. I mean, he's he's a great guy with ideas. He's great at motivating people in negative and positive ways. But when you see him there at the college on the computer by himself, like writing code and reading books, that, that's there's no one else in the room. Interesting. So, so I think that, and it seemed like he felt really at peace there. I mean, he didn't really seem at peace in the boardroom. He seemed like he's just, oh, I'm supposed to be here and do this thing. But Well, he's got a lot of free time. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of free time. But I think he is a student. And yeah. A lot of free time. Yeah. Well, and also he sees Cameron there. He's not following her around. He sees her and then mm-hmm. as she's there to give her a lecture, which was nice. She was at a lecture in episode one of season one. Now she's given a lecture. Oh, interesting. I wonder if he's taking a coding class and then requested Cameron to come and speak. Oh, Remember that'd because be really it, interesting. Donna says, "Well, you should feel honored because these really smart they requested coders you by name. requested you mm-hmm. by name." <gasps> could be, could That's be. That's so something Joe would do. It is something he would do. But um, is he in that class? I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, he wasn't in the actual thing, and he saw her before they started, um, and he did look kind of surprised to see her. Like, oh, it's her, you know. Okay. But it could be something he would do. It'd be interesting to find out if if that was the case or not. Um, gosh, I love their conversation. Um, uh, just him, you know, uh, saying to her, you know, I can be taught and her not just like, I'm not buying any of this. What is this costume you're wearing? And he's like, it's not a costume. I'm a real student. Here's my books. I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. And he's just, just reaching out. The whole time I was just like, well, I don't know about you. I don't know. Yeah, That's him though. Like you feel like you can never trust him, but. You can't. But I, that moment when he says like, I'm, I'm a student. I, I am teachable. I thought that was. I thought he, that was him just saying, like, please take my hand. Put me back in the family. Every yeah. every family. I mean, they have the family argument at the end. Every family has a black sheep oh, that they're yes. not talking about, you know, right? Yep. And this guy is out there, you know, and I think that he wants back in the family. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely think that he badly wants to get back in the family, whether he has to force it or whether he can maneuver it himself. And I think he always... Ha- Poor guy kind of always has to force it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, finally we see uh, Cameron in a position of power, and um, she's doing okay with it. She's not doing great. She's doing okay. Yeah. And, I don't know, Joe is the leader, though. 
Yeah, I, I I thought there was like just also like a sweetness about that conversation. I thought that was they're always sweet together. Uh, yeah, they're the same. Do you know like when you just see two characters that are like of equal? I don't want to say value. Sure, value sounds good to me. They just click. Um, yeah, they get each yeah. other. They're I mean they're two beasts of the same kind, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cut from the same cloth or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, because we, I mean, we talked about last episode, some of the ways that she sort of has treated other people is kind of like things that Joe would do. Um, And Joe, which I did say that he was, you know, sort of fully accepting himself as like the villain this season. But it does seem like he, you know, believes specifically in this, you know, giving this stuff away for free. But he realizes he can't do that because of the position he's in. Um, I don't know. No, it's really interesting. Um, I think that Joe did not want to charge for the antivirus software. Yeah, I think, so. I think he meant that when he said it. Yeah. But I think that he was willing to sacrifice that product and his image mm-hmm. for Ryan to do what he wants Ryan to do, which is to step up to the plate, which I thought was a very big picture move of him. Right. right. You know, just like he um, threatens Gordon with, 70% of his company on right. camera mm-hmm. he, he'll do things like that where he's like okay I'll give away everything I have you gonna you gonna man no you're not gonna man up okay sure yeah. he, he's done that before and so I think that he will trash his entire reputation so that Ryan can learn a lesson he's that crazy totally well and also just to maybe even just find the next thing I mean he, mm-hmm. he's not interested in antivirus true he did say that he wasn't yeah. inter- he doesn't care about antivirus he doesn't boring care boring yeah he just wants to find the next thing, you know, like even even when Ryan challenges him, he's like, uh, I am the product, yeah. you know, like Ryan's like, yeah, you are yeah. another Steve Jobs parallel there. Um, oh, man. So good. Um, and then oh, by the end of the episode with burning down the house when him and Ryan are going to work together, I thought that so was good. cool. And maybe some sort of um, what's the word uh, foreshadow is into what's going to happen. I mean, he's torpedoed companies before just because he's like look I'm on to the next thing don't care about these guys he's you know brought himself back up from the bottom before that's for sure and I I love it when shows specifically use um really good songs to foreshadow a oh, little yeah. bit of uh, a little bit of action with characters and so when we see them exiting together packing up their stuff away from the cubicles away mm. from the corporate meetings where ryan apparently cannot thrive <laughs> no, right not, not a um, bit. we're going back into the basement back into the closet back into the 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 man cave where uh joe needs to to find his next gordon mm-hmm. if you yeah, will yeah, just like him and, gordon. and we have that music burning down the house and i was and it was just so cool i was just watching it and i was like yeah, yeah they're gonna do something yeah i was like of course they usually chose that song it was perfect um, let's get into some news and gossip. I have one piece of news. Okay. Really quick. There it is. It's actually like news that is not news, which is interesting that it was reported on. Um, so there's been rumors for a long time that Mackenzie Davis, yes, Mackenzie Davis, who plays Cameron, was going to be in the Deadpool sequel playing the character of Domino. And that's been kind of like rumored for a long time. Uh-huh. And she was in an interview, I think this week or last week, when she said, she said, no, that's not happening. She said, no. She said, it's not happening. She says, <gasps> I, she said, that's a lovely rumor and it sounds really great, but it's not true. Oh, I'm heartbroken. Oh, yeah. She would make a wonderful domino. I think she would be great in anything. Oh, I, I was would watching. She would be great in anything. I finally watched The Martian this week and I was like, hey, Cameron, there she is. Oh, I never, I haven't seen it. She's in the movie. Oh, okay. Very good. Um, She'd be great. But yeah, I mean, I, but maybe this is one of those things where it's like, these rumors aren't true and then. 
it leads casting to go, well, I don't know, maybe we should look at her. She's pretty good. Yeah, if if her publicist made that up, kudos. Yeah, oh, I think publicist. it's like a fan thing. There's like been fan art made of her like looking like Domino, and she's like, that's great, guys. No, she looks great. No one's approached me. I haven't auditioned for it. Well, are they making a second Deadpool? Is that confirmed? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gotta be. That I just knew it was like... very difficult to make the first one. So I'm yeah, like, maybe well, that's why they're like putting cooling the jets on the sequel. Yeah, I mean, the first one was made for like thirty them. million or something like that, yeah. and it made like seven hundred and almost eight hundred million dollars. I so. mean, you'd think sequel coming. I think you'd think, but yeah. I just didn't know. So, oh, what a bummer. Yeah, what a bummer. Anyway, Mc- uh, I bet Mackenzie's working on something else. And if she said no to that. Yeah, well, I don't think they oh, even approached her. Oh, she didn't say her. no. I don't she think she said no. I think it just never actually came up. She's like, it's just a fan rumor, and it's great, but. Yeah, I mean, any actor looking for a job, she's probably like, sure, send it my way. Great. Um, Let's get into those predictions. Okay. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. What you got? So, I really, um, my, my, my eye is really on... Ryan right now mm-hmm. um, although I wasn't really encouraged to see Diane um, meet up with Bosworth I was like ooh maybe maybe there's going to be a partnership there I still don't trust Diane with Donna and I mm-hmm. think if anybody's going to betray anyone I think Diane will be betraying ooh. Donna that ooh. is my prediction I also predict that Joe wants Ryan to break new ground uh, just like Joe did and so I think Joe is really not going to let Ryan go. And I think that he is going to use Ryan to bring Cameron back to him somehow. I don't know how. Yeah. That's my prediction. I'll I'll agree that I feel like Ryan's going to be used to get, get them all back together. Um, Yeah. It would be lovely to see. Um, I think that, Oh, there was also like in the next week, uh, next week's episode, kind of a little thing that it looked like there was going to be an Ebba game, a laser tag. Really excited about that with uh, Bodie there. By the way, Bodie is Joshua Hoover, who's been on the show before. Oh, cool. Um, and Boz and Diane. I, there was a there was a way that the two of them looked at each other, especially after she said, oh, it almost didn't work out. And it was like, but it did. There was just some sort of like, almost like like a little spark between them. So I think that they will have a partnership. Oh. It'll be another kind of partnership. It'll be a different kind of partnership. If I'm, you know what I mean. I'm there for that. I'm clocked in for that. I would have that all day long. Yeah, yes. I I think so. And they they feel kind of like equals um, in a Very large way. Very much so. So I think that would make a lot of sense and be really exciting to see on the show. Although I don't think she'll be attracted to somebody that has that much... much um, baggage she seems to me that she's very happy independent i don't think that she would be attracted to somebody with like those family problems and stuff that maybe. he kind of was dealing with maybe but she was married before she has the wedding ring she's got yeah. her own baggage that we'll probably possibly find out about i don't know i don't think she's looking i don't think she's looking either but that's when you usually find it but they'd be, I'd, I'd love i'd love i'd love that yeah love i don't it. know there's just something about it where they feel like the kind of couple that would like have like an argument and then like you know Okay, we're officially shipping Boz and Diane. I think so. I'm doing it. Uh, Amber Plaster, where can people find you on online? Uh, yeah, thanks for watching, guys. You can uh, tweet me uh, during the episode at Amber Plaster. Yeah, and you can tweet me at Isaac Johnson uh, also during the episode if you like, uh, or follow me on Instagram, the Isaac Johnson. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 